0: 1 Corinthians eleven, two through sixteen. Now I command you because you remember me in everything and maintain the traditions even I delivered them to as I delivered them to you. But I want you to understand that the head of every man is Christ, the head of a wife is her husband, and the head of Christ is God. Every man who prays or prophesies with his head covered dishonors his head, but every wife who prays or prophesies with her head uncovered That is why a wife ought to have a symbol of authority on her head because of the angels. Nevertheless, in the Lord, woman is not independent of man, not not man of woman. For as woman was made from man, so man is now born of woman, and all things are from God. Judge for yourselves. Is it proper for a wife to pray to God with her head uncovered? Does not nature itself teach you that if a man wears long hair, it is a disgrace for him? But if a woman has long hair, it is her glory. For her hair is given to her for a covering. If anyone is inclined to be contentious, we have no such practice, nor do the churches of God. This
1: is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. (laughs) Jennifer, your head covering looks lovely today. Thank
0: you. (laughs) As does yours, Will. Let's Uh, talk about about this this covering you're wearing.
1: There we go. (laughs) Yes, my, my Tino Supply Company head covering Shout out, Martin Shipman, and Blake Ferguson. <laughs> hey, <I know>. um, <laughs> no, but um, this is this is a hot potato Man, in I the know. world that we live in, and um, you know, I, I think uh, verse uh, ten—that is why a woman ought to have a symbol of authority on her head. Because of the angels, <laughs> right? Like, like it, are we
0: ever gonna know what that? I know. Yeah. Like, Paul. Yeah, it yeah. sounds so matter of fact.
1: Right. Yeah. yeah. Obvious. It's <laughs> obvious. Right. <laughs> like, okay. Right. Uh-huh. Um, so, this is a challenging passage. It is. It's a controversial passage. Yes. It's what a lot of uh, evangelicals, deconstructionists, atheists, um, you know, this is sort of like the John three sixteen of like hating Christianity, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, Here we are. (laughs) But as we were just saying before and praying before recording this, yes, all of God's word is God's word. It's not like raw material for us to have to like excavate the raw material and manufacture something good. But like God's heart is in his words. That's right. And when we look into his word, we see his heart. And we know that he is gentle and lowly, that he's holy and great and loving and kind. So we can approach this with, confidence where we lack clarity yep (laughs) and so let's talk about it yeah first corinthians 11 head coverings what uh you know there's there's a lot of cultural language here that we do not carry with us into reading it right that the original audience would have had however like you don't want to steer too far into that because you know a, a lot of people who are kind of discarding like orthodox beliefs in Christianity right. will amount a lot of scripture to, Oh, that was, he was just saying the culture of, of the, the culture. Yeah. And so help us understand, Jennifer, <laughs> you're a woman. I've never seen you wear head covering right. on Sundays, right? but you, you read scripture. So like, what's yeah,
0: exactly. Well, um, I think w- you know, as we've been talking about all of these uh, scenarios that Paul is speaking into, it is kind of interesting to note that he goes from life of the church in the world, like telling them how to like conduct themselves in the world, to now this section um, in the passages following shift to life of the church in the church. Mm-hmm. So it's very much focused on worship. And how to behave in worship, how to conduct yourself in worship. And so I think that's a great place to start that can really give us something to hold on to. And that like ask a question, who and what are we drawing attention to in worship? Hmm. And so then when you look at the culture um, of the time and some of the, you know, the comment, most commentators agree that especially with the conversations about the hair and the shortness of the hair and the longness of the hair, that that did have to do with the um, the pagan practices of the time yeah. and what indicated your um, who you worshipped, like idolatrous worship with men in long hair was somehow tied into pagan worship, and then women with short hair as um, temple prostitutes uh, for in these pagan cultures, so. There's something in the culture that speaks to, but it definitely speaks to worship. And one of the things that Paul is saying with the unity, because remember how we saw all these, all this divisiveness and the factions of people aligning themselves with different teachers. Now we're seeing kind of more factions of people almost, I think of like flexing
1: Mm.
0: on each other, you know, like. Like uncovering your, like basically, again, who are you drawing attention to? How you're wearing your hair and these coverings in this culture had to do with were you seeking glory for yourself? Were you Mm. drawing attention to your own wealth that you had beautiful hair or your desirableness or whatever commentator you're listening to? It is, though, drawing attention to yourself, therefore, cover your hair, women, and vice versa. For men in this culture, it was you're drawing attention to your these idolat this idolatrousness by wearing your hair in this way. So don't cover your hair.
1: Mm. Absolutely. That that's a great word. <laughs> you know, I, I want to point we'll we'll hit on a lot of these little moments, but one thing that I wanted to point to as well is Paul uses this like language of headship. Yes. He talks about you know the the like man is the head of right. or whatever right and I I think that that sounds just like straight up misogynist yes. to us right I it mean it does and, and it's okay to say with that. our it's, yeah Western yeah exactly post like that yeah. it just sounds misogynist yeah I think it what is so important and this like really was a huge uh, breakthrough moment for me like a couple years ago and saying uh-huh. this or a year ago um the the. Simile or metaphor that Paul uses to depict that is that the head of Christ is God. Yes. And so it's the husband Trinitarian. Is the head of the wife. Yeah, the head of Christ is God. Yes. One of like the core essential Orthodox beliefs about the Trinity is the co equality of the Trinity. That's right. And so God the Father, like Christ the Son, is not inferior to to God, the father, that is like actually a heretical view according to church history and according to scripture. Um, And yet there is this sense in which the father is the head, you know? And and, um, I think that that is a kind of complicated, but interesting image. It is. And so this is not like putting wives inferior to, to husbands, but it's creating an order. That's right. It's
0: rooting church order and the way we conduct ourselves in um, uh, worship here and then other places where Paul talks about the home, that it's rooted in creational order hmm. and it's rooted in Trinitarian order yeah. Yeah. and that there's got to be something beautiful and life-giving in that. Hmm. So here he talks about the, you know, let's talk about the Trinitarian order like you were talking about. Um, it's interesting. I'm in a Bible study right now with some women going through Esther and you have, <laughs> which Doesn't seem like it'd be relevant. And yet you see this King Ahasuerus who's like doing everything to like bring glory to himself and how that results in this like just really oppressive environment for women Mm. um, in this harem. And, you know, he's taking these women and choosing, you know, he's using them for his own pleasure and deciding who's going to be his queen. Um, And it also leads to death. And yet you contrast that with God. Whenever we bring God, glory to God, then there is life and there is flourishing. And so I think some of this is also like, again, Paul being so doubled down on, you are not to bring glory to yourself and your own ideas about how you know how equality and value work. Look to God and his order. And so to your point about headship, I love um, Michael Reeves, actually in his book, Delighting in the Trinity, he mm. uh, has this great passage that talks about what headship is. And he says the father is, or the father's love is primary. The father is the loving head. In other words, the shape of the father son relationship, the headship, begins a gracious cascade like a waterfall of love. As the father is the lover and the head of the son, so the son goes out to be the lover and the head of the church. As the father has loved me, so have I loved you, says the son in John 15, 9. So, anyway, and you get that picture of headship that it is this beautiful Hmm. cascade of love that actually, like I think about this, like being loved and secure in my relationship with Matt, like experiencing his love poured out on me is so empowering. Like Mm. I go out into the world in strength, like complete security, even just in that little human example. And it's the same thing with the father's love for the son and the son's love for the church. And then the church, we are so loved and secure in our um place in this cascade of love that we go out into the Lord, into the world pouring out the love of the father and the son on the people and calling them into this beautiful mm-hmm. um order. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's glorious. Gosh, and the thing is whenever so you honor this or, order, people thrive. Anytime you try to up in this and explain it in and, and whatever, you know, there is a way that seems good to a man Mm-hmm. and a woman yeah, <laughs> which is like let's grasp for power let's like flip the thing let's all be equal in the way that we think of equality instead of the way god thinks of equality like yes mm-hmm. you're and the thing is even in this passage paul um paul uh references this in that there's actually equal instruction to men in this passage to women like a lot of times i think yeah. when people talk about it they talk about it like oh this is just paul bossing awesome women around again I mean there's actually yeah. equal instruction to men that's and a, that's a good news yeah and he talks about the man who prays and prophesies and then he goes like and the woman who prophes- prays and prophesies there's equality in this church yeah for particip- full congregational participation yeah. in worship
1: mm-hmm.
0: that is shows us that there's equality between men and women and there's an interdependence between men and women and mm-hmm. it when it's when we conduct ourselves in an orderly way in yeah. worship. Then God gets the glory, and we flourish.
1: Yeah, and you know, I think like the world right now is such a testament to what you're saying the the idea that following God's structure and His order, His design, brings flourishing, mm-hmm. and abandoning it brings destruction. And you know, I, I I'm so like against and over the whole like big C culture boogeyman. Mm-hmm. So don't hear me as like, you know, bashing that. Yeah. Then like banging that drum. But as our society has like drifted towards more and more postmodern progressive values at the core. Yes. You, if it is true that like that is, you know, we should like cast off all restraint and live into that, then we should be happier and happier. You know, like there's there's never been more There's never been more liberty for you to like self actualize, self actualize, and you know, self determine everything about yourself. Exactly. And yet, like for men, women, and children, honestly, like even children uh, now in the no, it is like pouring down (laughs) the cracks of society, right? Exactly. And yet, we're more depressed, we're more angry, we're more anxious, we're more addicted, uh, we're more lonely. Yes, like it. we are, to me, more it's violent. Just like the earth testifies. <laughs> yeah. Like right. the earth is groaning. Yeah, and we are just like pushing further and further off God's design. Yeah, and, and things are getting worse. And and it's like sad. Like I'm not saying this with some like, huh? I Told you so. Like it's sad. Like every time I've turned on the news in the past couple of weeks, there's mm-hmm. been a shooting right. somewhere. Right. And like that is so sad. Yes. And, and it's because our society is like we're broken. You right. know and. and um, this like postmodern experiment isn't working. Yeah. And so I think like what you're saying is not just, you know, pontificating from like the pulpit, but it's like, that is just true in what we see around us. Right. And, um, you know, I, I think one uh, note that I wanted to pull in on the head covering thing that was really helpful for me as well was from uh, the book, Misreading Scripture Through Western Eyes. Oh, yeah. Um, which let me pull up who that was written by because it's two guys and I can't remember either of their names. Um it was written by Randolph Richards and Brandon O'Brien. Okay. But they talk about this passage Mm -hmm. and one of the you know, they kinda help you like understand how cultural conditioning shapes how we read scripture. Yeah. And they talk about how, you know, for the head covering for a woman it kind of symbolized, like, like when you went out into public, you, like, covered your hair. Yeah. Uh, typically. And then when you were, like, in the privacy of your own home, when you were in a kind of closed-off setting, away from people, you would uncover your hair. Uh-huh. And so these women, like, meeting in churches, uncovering their hair, basically, like, Paul, it, it feeds into this critique that he's been building throughout the letter, which is that they basically turned— the church into this social club
0: yeah country club
1: yeah it's a country club who's who are you a a Paulist guy or a paul guy right it's not this like this open outpost mission of god no you know place where everyone is just like exactly open to the world like it's like this closed off little niche of society yeah and so i think we can read this also as like a critique uh, of that country club christianity And not living on mission for the kingdom. So Ana, did you have any thoughts? No,
0: I think just thinking again about how I conduct myself in worship, how, um, you know, I mean, this really goes to the heart of modesty. And we often think that's like, you know, a physical (laughs) modesty that we're talking about. Um, But Paul and the Lord often have much more to say about economic modesty, drawing Mm. attention to your wealth, your status, your, you know, your looking to anything other than Christ for your value. And just like, what is God asking us to do to come under, so to speak, to humble ourselves in a way that like you walk in the doors of this church and everyone is gloriously equal and has one mind to worship um, the Lord God and his son and to just, you know, revel in the grace that we have all received and what a glorious like picture mm. of what Christ has done for us. That absolutely. would be. And so just really examining myself and like, what, what links am I willing to go to, to like worship in that way with all of my sisters mm. in Christ, no matter, you know, their wealth or, uh, status or, you know, any other
1: physical, yeah, yeah. absolutely.
0: you know, is a uh, standard of, value. (laughs) How about that?
1: Absolutely. All right. Well, as I like to say, when we do these tough passages that are not cut out for a 10 minute podcast or 15 (laughs) minute podcast, if you have any questions and you want to press into this deeper, please use our text to pastor line at 404-465-1737, 404-465-1737. And you can get directly in contact with our pastors and You know dig deeper into these tricky topics yeah for today for jennifer mcclish this is will carlisle we'll see you tomorrow in the sunny pastures of first corinthians 11 thanks for listening thanks for listening to our daily rhythm i'm jason dees one of the pastors of christ covenant and our daily rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on god's word